Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to witness the fusion between gospel word consummation and poetry. We, the poets, do solemnly promise to intentionally arouse your imagination, inspiration, and action. We, the poets, are willing to lay down our triumph and burdens and joy and anger, our artistry and befuddlement on paper, raw and uncut. We, the poets, surrender our pens to the Holy Spirit so that he may write, promising to move ourselves out of the way, foregoing the oohs and ahs for the audience, if this means a soul is procured for the kingdom. We, the poets, encased behind screens, laptops, phones, and earbuds, stand before you vulnerable as willing conduits, sharing how we got over, how it is to overcome, and sometimes how God is over us. We, the poets, take you, the listener, to be our family in Christ, to be held, to be held accountable from this day forward, for better or for worse, to pray in sickness and rejoice in health. According to God's instructions, we, the poets, therefore promise to be woke, informed, thorough, and studied, both now and forever. Amen. Deacon Pat family, I have a special guest with us on today. He's a dancer. Ooh, mystery. He is an entrepreneur and artistic director and founder of the Tomlin Dance Academy. He has a BFA in dance and a minor in math and science. So he is right and left brain, y'all. And he's the overseer of the dance ministry at Greater Zion Church Family. He is a member of Alpha Phi Zion Christian Fraternity. I want the Indian Pratt family to welcome Michael Tomlin the third. Hey, y'all. Yeah. Gotta give a shout out to the org. Who is the president now? Dr. Crawford, Xavier Crawford. Nice. Now, yes, now. Let's hop right into this thing. Let's get into it. What made you fall in love with poetry? What made me fall in love with poetry? You know what? It is the the rhythm that it brings. Mm. I would have to say something from it, but the, the diction. Because I feel like mm. the diction and the rhythm, they kind of go hand in hand. Also, like the cadence. The cadence. There you go. That's the word. That's the word. Cadence. You know, that's what actually drew me to poetry, listening to, um, I told the story in an earlier episode, I was listening to a McDonald's commercial for Big Mac. And that's how I was introduced to spoken words. And the cadence was like, wait, what is this? This is magical expression of wordage. Right. <laughs> You know, and I tell that story in an earlier episode. I want to say it's episode one. So, in comparison, if you haven't heard, go to episode one and listen to the story. Right, right. Take it, take right, you know what I'm saying? So, and the reason why I wanted you on the show, because we did a collaboration, I want to say probably two or three years before the pandemic. And, um, um, and he asked me to write a poem that he could dance to, and, and it was at the Taste of Soul in Los Angeles. And anybody yeah, that knows the Taste of Soul, I know, right? Anybody who knows the Taste of Soul know that it is a community, it is a major community event every year in October. Every year, yes. Yeah. And Everyone from great. all over come to this event. <laughs> from all over, people travel is all skin, wow. the majority skin folk, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, <Let's do> it. <laughs> it's, 
it is one of the most beautiful things ever. And what dance academy were you with at that time? Um, I was dancing with Little Washington Dance Theater. So, yeah, they had a stage set up at the Taste of Soul, and we did the collaboration, which I'll be reading the poem later. After this interview, it was really magical to me. You know what I'm saying? And so I just kind of wanted to tap in with you as to how you believe poetry and dance mix. Just starting off, rhythm for me. I feel like rhythm is something that is already embedded in one's body. Mm-hmm. And that's something that comes off natural. So I feel like mm-hmm. when we talk about poetry, right, we mm-hmm. uh, we bring that full circle with cadence, but mm-hmm. the cadence is the rhythm that comes off from either the lyric or your voice, right? Your stance, mm-hmm. how, how you're presenting that particular word or that stance or that line. And I feel like mm-hmm. it's the same thing with, with dance. Dance is a language, and so is poetry. So you just mm-hmm. don't get up and just blah, blah, blah. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. you can. It does happen. Right. But if you really right. want to grab someone's attention, you want to give them a little bit of flavor, spice, you know what I'm saying, and some seasoning. Right. You don't put everything in, at all in at the same time. You know what I'm saying? You, you sprinkle a little bit of this. You sprinkle a little bit of that. You stir this up. Pour some of that sprinkle and sprinkle a little bit more. And I feel like it's the same thing with, with dance as a musical poetry. So in, in conjunction, combining, I feel like poetry is sprinkling a little bit of a little seasoning here while dance is maybe pouring, you know, maybe a little lemon juice. And then that poetry mm-hmm. comes in and gives, you know, some of that pepper while the dance may sprinkle some of that sauce. So it's always a language, it's always a conversation that's going on. And for mm-hmm. me, it's never um, one or the other. So I feel like it's a continual conversation just like what we're having so it's not just me mm-hmm. speak and then you speak but as mm-hmm. we dive in and we find a common thing right we're piggybacking off of one particular topic like a visual gumbo i love that a visual gumbo a visual I gumbo love that. <laughs> i love that and it was everything i could do to not look at you and be mesmerized because I love to watch dance. I love to watch dance. And I am so glad you had me off in the corner in the front where I could not see you because I would have forgot everything I was saying and just looking like, you know, it's the same thing for us, love. Same Mm -hmm. thing for us. So I wanted to play with the listening, that sound sensation right to sensory. So the sounding versus the Mm -hmm. feeling. Because when you're in a particular space, Sounds can mean and feel so much different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can say the exact same word five, ten times, but depending on yeah. where you are in the space and how close you are to that either object or the person, it feels different. You know, you're you know? absolutely right. I have, there's a lesson in poetry that I teach when I'm doing my workshops, and I always mm-hmm. tell them there are five different ways to say one word. You know, I mm-hmm. always want to pick mm-hmm. the word. And then I tell them, give me five different ways to say it. Like, for instance, if you use the word money, automatically right. you're going to come up with thriller, dollar, cheddar, you know, coins, you know. Bread. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's fine right there. It's right. like, it's interesting that you said that because even though it's two vastly different art forms, they're still similar in how you get to the point of showcasing that art form. 
You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is. You also did a piece for uh, what was the one with the African thing? There were so many showcases you did. Which I know what you're talking about. Yes, 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 mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. State of the culture address. Cool. There, there State was, of the culture address. I'm going to post that video because I have that video actually, and I'm going to post that video. And it wasn't a poetic piece, but it was just a a monologue that was done that we spliced and together collaged together. Uh huh. Uh-huh. You danced yes, for that for our that. showcase. Yes, I have that video. I have to dig for it, but I have it. And you danced for this piece, and it was so amazing to me. And it was for the Poetry Showcase. And I just think that, like, like with Timothy, music minister at our church, you know, we've collaborated with poetry and music. You know what I mean? Right. And right, so right, the right. collaboration with poetry and dance and you know, right. uh, I've seen poetry and painting done at different showcases, yes. and I just think, yes. and shout out to Norton, who paints Sly Poet. I've seen him paint for Sly Poet on several occasions. Shout out to John for the Sly Poet venue. I've seen poet. I've seen painters paint for other, matter of fact, for our next showcase, I might have a painting in space someplace. Come on now. Come on. Uh, but I've seen, you know, painters do it. I've seen oh, it's been done with musicians. It's been done with dancers. Yes. And I just think uh-huh. poetry could fit in any genre of art yes. that you put before. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you do you have a favorite poet? Mm-hmm. I do not. I don't. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So turn you on to a couple of poets. I'm going to send you some stuff. Just so you can, you know, maybe it could spark some more ideas. Um, okay. Lucia Clifton is one. I always talk about her because she's my favorite poet, one of my favorite poets. Um, okay. Who's another one? Kim Adonisio. I mean, of course, you got the great Nikki Giovanni, you know. Right. Langston Hughes, Zora Neale Hurston. You know, you have all mm-hmm. the great Right. So, yeah, those are just some that you can listen to and get inspired because especially with spoken word, you know, just digging more into spoken word, I know you can be inspired for more dance pieces, you know, in the future. And I plan on using you for some more showcases now. So, you know, warm up your mind. Say that again. <laughs> I said I plan on using you <laughs> for future showcases if you have the time. So, warm up your mind. She said, warm up the right. <laughs> Listen, these ankles, they're they going to be warm. <laughs> I'm constantly warming up these ankles. <laughs> Understood. Understood. I know that's right. Because the way you be stretching all over the place, I'm like, Lord, bless his body. Bless him, Lord. <laughs> I'm building up to those type of stresses. I'm doing good, but I'm building up to it. Little by little. <clears throat> you know, when was your first time listening to spoken words? Like the very first time you remember listening to spoken words? To be honest with you, I would have to say I don't remember like the year, date, time. Mm-hmm. But my mm-hmm. first time would have to be on TV, on television. Oh, nice. Okay. Because, yes, you know, around that time, I'm an 80s baby. But 
mm-hmm. around that time, like, the TV shows were black, black, black. <laughs> right, so, right. You know, you, you had artists coming up and spitting because at the end of the day, while it was a TV show, it was also debuting, you know what I'm saying, that mm-hmm. particular artist on that particular show, you know, getting a feel okay. of who he or she may be. So mm-hmm. I would say that would be my my, my first time. Uh, here in Portugal was not television. It was mm-hmm. in grade school, I want to say around pre-K, kindergarten, somewhere around mm-hmm. there. So it was either either at the school or mm-hmm. between my mom and the school, one of the two. Because my uh, my first poem that I remember even uh, citing, because I didn't go to an art school, but I was always mm-hmm. centered around the arts. And so there would always be okay. some type of art program that, you know what I mean, that they put together. And um, Langston Hughes was the first poet and uh, that I heard, as well as um, Usini Eugene Perkins, who oh, wrote uh, yes. Hey Black Child. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and you yes. know, and you know, as a black kid, especially, it don't matter if you are uh, a boy or a girl, you are reciting mm-hmm. Hey Black Child. Listen, if you recited Hey Black Child, you did that thing. You did that thing with some gusto, cause you hey black child. You, you know, you already know. You can't come in there and say uh uh-uh. uh. You gotta come with some, come with some uh. You know what I'm saying? Listen, <laughs> listen here. I've never recited that poem, but I've heard it in school as a child. I've heard um, children do the poem. So even when I was yeah, there, so that uh-huh. was a staple amongst the people. Exactly. Listen. <laughs> yes. So that, that, that was, was the um, that was the first time. Yeah. And you were talking about books. I was like, ooh. I was like, I know I've written some stuff way back when, but where they are. Are, are, are we a budding writer, or are we channeled that in, energy into dancing? Uh, we channeled that into dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely, I definitely have um. Spent, and and found it. I mean, I would do it, um, mm-hmm. but I would have, as you say, I have to go do some digging. <laughs> because listen, I know for sure they are in a composition book somewhere. Where that composition book is, Lord knows. Listen, Lord you know, knows where that book is. <laughs> there is this poem I'm looking forward to put in my book. And it has uh-huh. a chokehold because I don't know what I did with this poem. I do remember, which I'm kicking myself every day, I do remember throwing away the the written part of it. But everything in me oh. believed, right, because it kept falling out and I kept losing it. And I know I right. recorded it. I took a screenshot or something. But I can't find uh-huh. this poem to save my entire life. So I got to do some digging. Okay. I got to do some digging. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if my life, I'm telling you with this poem, I don't know. So if my life was on the line, I would just say, y'all, it's a wrap. <laughs> I can't even pick one, you know what? But I may have to, because I still have my little, uh, my little chest drawer as a kid. Um, so I probably slipped it in there. I, like I said, when I say I have to go digging, I gotta go mm-hmm. deeper than the gold. So I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta go deep. 
<laughs> you about to be slack like a mug right now. Right. <laughs> if you anything like Rip. me, it'll be on my mind, and I'll be like, "Hold on, Fabian, come pull this thing out for me, please." He'd be like, "Oh, right, he goes. right, <laughs> right." You know what? I think I we'll see. I might just leave it as memory. Y'all just don't have to take my word for it. Listen, I'm the one. As soon as it's on my mind, I'm like, "Let me go find this thing." I just need to lay eyes on it. That's how right, 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 right. <laughs> Tell me this. Tell me this. As a listener mm-hmm. of poetry, what what have you liked, like the type of, like the style or the trends that you've liked in regards to, as a listener of poetry? You know, that's, that's, a, that's a challenging question. Going back to the whole... I love the, and you probably have a have a word for this. Where I I look at it, for me it sounds like the one on sentence, like it's uh, da, 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 and then oh and yeah, pop pop pop. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like like right right right. How do you okay. fit how do you fit all of that in in one breath? It's kind of like <laughs> when it's kind of like it's like they start out and they get on the run and then. All of a sudden, it's yeah. like one long. I know what you're saying. I, I don't know the actual uh-huh. style of that, but I've heard several okay. poets do it that way. Um, yeah. And this is where the poet finds their niche. So, the common one that happens now is, you know, I guess that soft kind of soulful, that soulful like jazz, jazzy type. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Kind not beatnik, but kind of. Mm-hmm. It's real smooth, real Thursday. 
And I want to get mm-hmm. back to that. Hopefully we get to do that next year. And there was a poem he did. And he's, he's real good at double, double entendre, you know. And the way he talked about the crucifixion, and he, yeah. he said it one way, and it meant another thing. And he said the exact same words another way, and it meant a whole different thing. And it was just right. like, I'm going to sock you in your throat. Because that was genius. That's him all day. He loves to play play the words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm excited to have him on the show. So, as moving forward as a listener of poetry, what would you like to hear addressed in poetry? What would I like to hear addressed in poetry? Um, mm-hmm. You know what? There's no – I haven't heard – we hear the topics on, you know, the black on black, uh, the, mm-hmm. the hatred and the uh, discrimination towards us as a people. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there is any poetry that may be, this just came to mind. I don't know if it, if mm-hmm. it has been done or maybe not. But uh, poetry educating kids in some sense. So more geared towards. Uh, I don't know if it's possible, like kind of like see, like there. I don't know if it's like a teachable moment. Another way mm-hmm. of teaching, um, like basic, basic stuff, ABCs, one, two, threes, or even how to cross the street. You know what I mean? How to mm-hmm, how mm-hmm. to how to tie a shoe. You know what I'm saying? Something something simple as that. Um, you know what? I have a whole master's in poetry, and that's a niche I haven't heard. Honestly, yeah. it's like yeah. I've heard poems for children, but as far uh-huh. as addressing the basics for children, like you mean, mm-hmm. crossing the street, you know, um, mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. I'm, you know what, I'm going to challenge somebody out in um, Eastern Badlands to write a poem, and, you know, write some poems in regards to, you know, basics for children, live both ways when you cross yeah. the street. What? Cutlery mm-hmm. you use at a fancy dinner, you know? Um, oh, I got bread. Right, 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 right. Ooh, right. Michael. Ooh, I'm excited. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You, 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 wiggling my fingers like. Ah. Ooh. <laughs> ooh. I love it. This may have to write something. Oh my gosh, like crossing the street, you know, and the one that keeps mm-hmm. popping in the mind is what part do you use at a fancy dinner? Mm-hmm. That would be so dope. That, I think, yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's unique because kids are using so, you know, at this moment, it's all about, um, when you look at a lot of the children's TV shows, right? They're now using music and, Hip hop, the hip hop right. culture to to teach the kids. Okay, look at Gracie's corner. She's blowing up. Mhm. Have you heard that one, Gracie's corner on YouTube? I haven't. Mm-mm. Oh my god! I have to look it up. Google when you get off the phone. Google Gracie's corner. Stay tuned. Cool. So, but yeah, that is a super dope idea, Michael. I love that. You know, and it's good to always tap in with listeners of poetry so we can know what to address. And, you know, because I always say, I always say, 
I remember this guy that I used to work with, and he was a producer in Hollywood. And he told me, he said, because um, matter of fact, um, I had written a letter to some, something, it was for something, to one of the magazines, you know. And it was actually published. And he said, you know, when you write a letter to Hollywood, they always mm-hmm. figured that at least 10 people were thinking the same thing. So every one mm-hmm. person who voiced their opinion in Hollywood, 10 people are thinking the same thing, you know. Right. And that's right. how a lot right. of producers and the marketers and executives think, you know. So, right. So I, I translate that over to poetry as well. If one person expresses something they like or didn't like or have a suggestion, there's at least 10 other people thinking the same thing. 10 other you people. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, so I love that, and that's definitely something I want to explore in poetry, okay? Um, my last question for you is, what has poetry taught you? Uh, poetry has taught me to to listen closely and to block out or to silence the the music that comes from the rhythm, that cadence. Because, and I say that because for a long time, and I think it wasn't until recently, to be honest with you, when I was listening to um, um, my brother, of course, but when I would listen to Christian Davis, because mm-hmm, the girl was mm-hmm. saying some stuff, you know what I mean? And if you're not mm-hmm. careful, you would get wrapped into the cadence and you would miss the message. Exactly. And so, yeah. and so I had so so if any if poetry has taught me anything, it has taught me to don't get wrapped up in the in the in that sweetness of the cadence that you miss the mm-hmm. message that is being presented because everything is not um, everything is not black and white, and that's the same right. thing for that's the same thing for dance. And mm-hmm. not just dances, uh, I think art, period. Sometimes mm-hmm. if you're looking at it, if you're looking at it with just one lens, you will miss the entire thing. And I think a lot of people are uh, are blinded because the creator, the choreographer, um, the lyricist, right, they are presenting, they're delivering a message, but because they sweeten it up with either the cadence or or a beautiful um, movement aesthetic, then the message is actually missed. You know, mm. you can say, you can say, you can say a lot. You can say and show a lot. So if if Portia has taught me anything, it is that to sit and silence the noise and listen to the words. Listen to the words and how it is being interpreted at that time. Because going back. To what we're saying, you can say the word ten times, but it gives yes. a different meaning. Yes. So, in, in context, in context, what is that? What is that stance or that line? What is that? What is that artist saying at that particular moment? In that mm-hmm. particular thing, you know, what I'm saying when you bring it back full circle, that they are now saying the same thing. They're saying the same thing, but a different way and a different message. But the words and the cadence still sound the same. <laughs> you know, so um, yeah. If poetry taught me anything, it is that. And actually, to be quite honest with you, 
Mm-hmm. Poetry has also helped me to um, help me to listen closely to rap lyrics. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, what the heck? What the heck are what the heck are you saying? <laughs> what are you saying? You know. But again, I think it's, I think it's that cadence. You know, I'm saying that rhythm. And if you're not careful, you would allow the beat or the rhythm of how they're speaking or how they bring it, and you would completely mm-hmm. miss the message or whatever they're trying to politely insert in, whether good or bad. You know what I'm saying? They could be giving you a whole bad news, but because the beat is good, you didn't miss the whole, the whole message. You know what? You show is right, and that goes a lot with a lot of these songs where the message is nefarious. But because it has an 808 and a, and a, and a what, uh, I don't know the measure, but like a 9-9 time measure on it, and everybody's jumping and twerking and shaking, and little do they know, mm-hmm. they're being told some things that, you know, that gets in their spirit, and they wonder why they're having nightmares, can't sleep, and their houses are just great. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I, I think that goes across the board, and that's, that's honestly a good thing to tease out, you know, to listen to every artistic form that you come across that, that right. has a listening component so you can pay attention right. to what you're ingesting. You know what I'm saying? Right, so right, 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 right. That's literally guarding your ear gate, you know? Guarding the ear gate, yes. That's important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. important. Well, I have enjoyed our time on today, Mr. Michael, Mr. Dancer. Yes, I have as well. Thank you for inviting me. I am so honored, and I am proud no of problem. you and your accomplishments in you. stepping out and doing something like this. Uh, because, um, Sugar Foot, Miss Kai Tana Fab, you are dope. <laughs> you oh, thank you. You are, you are dope, and I'm glad that you are. Um, you always find some creative outlet to your vision, your little niche, right? And yeah, so okay. I can you for that. Very proud of you. Stick with it. Thank you. Folks look at me and they like, what is she doing now? I'm like, just don't mind me. Just let me do me. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> You can go. Just stay tuned. That's what you do. Just stay tuned. All right. Just stay tuned. Mind the business. <laughs> so, I appreciate you saying so. You know, I appreciate you saying that. So, um, well, Ink and Pad family, this has been another Ink and Pad interview with dancer extraordinaire Michael Tomlin third. And until next time, family, right on, y'all. Until next time, see y'all. Thank you, Michael, so much for stopping by Ink and Pad, dropping your expertise, and, you know, just sharing in conversation regarding how both of our passions intersect. As promised, I'm going to read the poem that I did for The Taste of Soul. I read it in one of the earlier episodes. I want to say episode one. I call it the she poem, but it's called she. She is formidable. An underestimated anchor, she is often called upon but seldom celebrated. She pinterests her heart songs, stifles love languages, and is still treated less than. But this is not a poem about her woes. This is to remind her that she is globally needed. She is equal and capable. 
She is solution in spite of sexualized ideations and flights of misguided fantasies. Never trivial, she is both intentional and calculated. Be it for the betterment of her village or the demise of her foes, she is purpose-driven. She kisses life itself. God's perfect will will be embedded in her womb. She is beyond miraculous. She is heaven. A queen whose crown was misshapen by battle chinks. Life burdens morphed her from help meet into the help and her scepter shape shifted into spatulas and mops. She was never meant to run the house alone. She is his true rib. She might bend to keep the peace, developing fissures and familiar bruises, but her charge is to protect the family at all cost. She is their shield and buckler. At six, she is a nourisher. She cuddles baby dolls and teddy bears and naturally feeding all under her tutelage. She is best friend in middle school, a shoulder to cry on when he did best friend wrong. She is community and sister friend, independent and submissive. She is a worshiper and melodic verses. The law of kindness, she is corporate, soothing, communion, and fellowship. She is his church. His Proverbs 31. She is girded with strength and her merchandise is good. Her value is far beyond black opal or tanzanite. Treat her as such. It is a dishonor to God and to yourself to mistreat the very breath of you. She is you. That's that piece. He danced to that piece on the Lula Washington stage at the Taste of Soul. I want to say it was 2018. It was beautiful. And again, yeah, I'm glad he was behind me and I couldn't see him because I would just would have stopped mid poem and like, yay, go. <laughs> but while I was looking for other, I was looking for a poem for another event that I was doing on this past Saturday. And I came across this poem where the Greater Zion Dance Company had their annual day. And, you know, it's where they celebrate a year of, you know, good accomplishments as far as their dancing and all the things. And it's just a, a huge showcase for the dancers at Greater Zion. And I came across this poem I did because I was asked to open up the event with um, a poem. So this is what I wrote. And this again shows how dance and poetry intersects. It was 2019 and it's called This Ain't No Ordinary Worship. Tonight, your worship is not a compilation of pretty dances and entertainment. Tonight, let every plie, grand jeté, and imagined invisible box be your personal declaration of spiritual warfare. Let every glorious hand flourish and glittering banner troll be done with the wholeness of your being. Tonight, this ain't no ordinary worship. Offer up an extraordinary gesture of welcome for our Savior. Be it from your seat or on this stage, you are to worship him as if you're attempting to outgive what he gave. So tonight, your worship is not a compilation of pretty dances and entertainment. Your worship is a choice. 
In worship, God is answering questions, deafening your doubt. God is downloading instructions into broken spirits and contrite hearts. In worship, God is ordering your hesitant footsteps and drowning out supernatural noises that will give you 101 reasons why not to worship. But today in worship, there is full restoration. In worship, there is peace. In worship, there is strength to bind up the snare of the fowler and the noisome pestilence. And in worship, covenants are activated and promises are dispersed in worship angels lead us to the rams and bushes and cover us with feathers and shield us with their mighty protection see worship is embedded in the caverns of your mind and fed by your heart and if your heart is not right you are but a minstrel flailing to a hot mess time measure and what good is all of that if god of the universe is not moved by all of this Miriam led the woman of Israel in a dance to celebrate the crossing of the Red Sea. David danced before the Ark of the Covenant as it was brought into the city of David. He praised unabashedly with every fiber of his being. He danced out of his clothes. So tonight, your worship is not a compilation of pretty dances and entertainment. Don't let Jesus get lost in the twirl of your billowing garment, but let it be the marvelous gesture. Welcome for our Savior tonight. Be it with a dignified wave or a nodding head or a guttural groan or a magnificent shout, a cry of triumph with hand clapping or stomping your feet. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Glory be. So, yeah, that was a fun piece to do for that event. And um, it was beautiful to say the least. So, yeah, you know, just, you know. You know, I, I encourage you guys to go and, you know, see other art forms, you know, go to a museum and look at some art and see if you're inspired. That's called an ekphraxis when you write a poem to a piece of art hanging on the wall. If, you know, go to, you know, you see hip hop dancing, write a poem that inspires you when you see hip hop in a crump or, you know, However they dance in the Bay Area is different. Um, no diss, no shade, but it's different. <laughs> uh, if you go to a ballet, you know, uh, write to that. If you go see an opera, write something in regards to that. You know, if you see someone painting, write something in regards to that. So that is your writing prompt for episode eight. And before I leave you, I want to give you the book of the day I am starting to read a book called it is by a sister by the name of her name is Victoria Adukwe Bully and the book is called quiet a book of poems or it just says quiet poems Alfred A. Knopp is the publisher out of New York 2023 so this is a new book to the literary scene um, Victoria Adukwe Bully and the book is called Quiet Semicolon Poems all right so that is episode eight of Ink and Pad thank you guys for tuning in for spending time to download my little podcast and you know listening to something different in podcast land so 
Until next time, grab your ink and grab your pad and write on. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Zakira Quest, Z-A-K-I-R-A-Q-U-E-S-T. That's me. And you are listening to Ink and Pad Podcast. Always remember, if you give up on your dreams, how will you inspire that young child looking up to you like you were? Don't ever say ZQ ain't dropped no gems.